Technology News Network. Welcome to a new episode of the Radiology News Network. In the Netherlands, a new system has been proposed for scoring chest CTs in relation to a high prevalence of COVID-19. The so-called CORADS system is currently being implemented in routine clinical care in the Netherlands. This initiative has been started by the Dutch CORADS initiative and one of the initiators is Professor Matthias Prokop from the Radboud University Medical Center in Nijmegen. I had an in-depth interview with Professor Prokop through a web meeting. Professor Prokop, welcome in the RNN podcast. Can you please explain the rationale and general idea of the proposed CORATS grading system? The CORATS system tries to standardize and simplify the way we interpret scans made for suspicion of COVID. And uh, it is a system that should allow us to rate whether we see any abnormality on a chest CT scan. And it starts with CORADS-1, which basically means that we see nothing uh, that is suspicious of it till the CORADS-5, which means a very high suspicion. We've added uh, CORAD-6, uh, which means that's a proven one with a PCR positive. The system itself is built very similar to other systems like lung rats or bi rats. And the idea is that with increasing numbers, you get an increasing likelihood of COVID in the population. Can you maybe explain the different steps, the six steps of the CORAD system? Yes. The first step is CORATS-1, which means that we see either a totally normal CT or a CT that shows uh, abnormalities that are consistent with non-infectious disease uh, that can easily identify it. For example, uh, full-blown uh, fibrosis, a uh, uh, lung cancer, metastasis, or other pulmonary findings that are not typical for infection. CORATS-2 is an abnormality which is compatible with an uh, infection that can be uh, identified as, for example, bacterial or a classic bronchial infection like a bronchiolitis or a, a normal bronchitis, anything that is very unlikely to be caused by uh, the COVID disease. Number three is a category in which from CT alone, we're not able to give a hint whether the likelihood is high or low. It is a category that encompasses other viruses, uh, other uh, structures that, or other diseases that cause uh, ground glass on a CT scan. So things where it could be COVID, but it does not have to be. Finally, uh, number four is where we have a high suspicion of a COVID. Uh, which basically means that we have uh, features that are very compatible with the disease, but maybe not totally diff uh, uh, typical. For example, uh, unilateral distribution or more central distribution, but still enough features that make the likelihood of uh, COVID high. And then CORADS-5 is a typical uh, picture where we see uh, ground glass lesions in a 
peripheral distribution in the lung. Peripheral meaning that it's not necessarily only in uh, the close to the chest wall, but also close to the major or minor fissure, uh, but not so much centrally. And uh, has yeah the classic typical features that we see from uh, uh, the COVID disease. And finally, six, as I just mentioned, would be the ones that already are uh, proven very similar to what we have in virus, where biopsy proven lung, uh, breast cancer is virus six, and so here it's PCR proven uh, COVID that would be COVID six. Uh, can you maybe briefly summarize the, the classical features of viral pneumonitis and maybe COVID-19? Yeah. What we see is that we, at the beginning, there's a lot of ground glass opacity. This ground glass opacity is typically in the periphery of the lung. It can be unsharply demarcated, but we also see situations where it is limited to clusters of secondary lobules. Uh, typically, these ground glass go right up to the pleura. Uh, it has been described that there's a lower lobe predominance. We now, as we use the system and we start also classifying the disease severity, see that it also happens quite frequently, occurs quite frequently in the upper lobe. And then as the disease progresses, we see that you see more consolidated area and frequently a bit of subpleural sparing which is different from the subpleural sparing we see, for example, from NSIP. It usually has this yeah, band-like uh, consolidations as well and uh, has little connections to the pleura, which makes it very typical. In order to make sure that the inter-observer variability is not too high, we have uh, given examples of the classifications on the uh, website of the Dutch uh, Radiological Society. Uh, the working group of which has developed this system. And this website gives you a good idea on how to classify the various uh, yeah, abnormalities you can see on these scans. And the Dutch uh, CORETS initiative also proposes a system to grade the severity of lung yeah. abnormalities. Can you please explain yeah. on that system? It's basically a system that was introduced by Chinese researchers in which we score the amount of abnormalities per lung lobe. So right upper lobe, middle lobe, lower lobe, and left upper lobe and lower lobe. And it's uh, giving out uh, yeah maximum of five points. Zero, if nothing is involved, up to 5% gives one point, 25%, two points, uh, up to 50%, three points, and then um, four points if it's 75 and five points if it's more than 75 percent so a relatively simple system that gives you a number between yeah zero and 25 and gives you an idea on how much lung is involved in the disease in addition uh, you're also trying to grade the clinical phase of uh, COVID 19 uh, this is of course highly qualitative and not yet scientifically proved and this is very much uh, works in progress. So uh, we see that in the in the early stages, ground glass is predominant. And as you pass to later stages, we see the band life structures and more consolidations. And uh, we also see more features of organizing pneumonia, like halo or inverse halo signs. Quantifying that will be more difficult. So we haven't done anything that is uh, 
good enough to be uh, used in, in, in general public yet. But I think with the grading of the amount of pulmonary involvement plus the security of which we think that what we see is COVID is already a big step forward. Coretz and related uh, CT severity score are, of course, not tested scientifically. But what are your plans to test the Coretz grading system scientifically? We have just done that. We have uh, uh, looked at uh, 100 randomly selected cases out of uh, our center. Uh, all these cases were uh, patients that came in with uh, moderate to severe symptoms because that's what the grading system is built for. And uh, they were patients in which we had uh, PCR to confirm that. And PCR is taken in everybody who is uh, considered to be for a hospital admission. So it's a quite homogeneous cohort. And in this cohort, we find that as you go from a CORATS 1 to CORATS 5, the chance of having COVID disease goes up really rapidly. So three is roughly 40 to 50% chance. But if you go to five, you're way beyond uh, 95%. And uh, in CORATS 1, it is extremely low that uh, the patient actually does have uh, COVID disease. We know, however, that if uh, you're early in the disease or you're asymptomatic, then, of course, uh, CT is probably uh, much less suited for ruling out uh, COVID. But if you find it, it's pretty specific. So we see that we get really good areas under the curves of RC curves. We're now in the range of above 0.95. So it seems to be really working. And uh, we also looked at the inter-observer variability, and also that uh, looks extremely promising. Usually, we see uh, one, maximum two differences, and the vast majority is on the identical line. Yeah, really interesting uh, results. Um, I think there is a need to connect globally, to connect COVID-19 and future other viral outbreaks. Radiological imaging can play an important role. Can you maybe brainstorm on possible structures or governance to combine radiological expertise in the Netherlands, in Europe, or even better globally? Yeah, it's really more of a brainstorm. We are now in a situation where it's a, it's a pandemic, uh, where we need to ultimately combine our data, make sure that we rate it in a similar fashion. This is also the reason why we did that for the Netherlands, that we can start with it, can compare our data, and can, can come up with a more yeah, standardized uh, quality of the reports that we're generating. Ultimately, what we would like to see is sharing between academic institutions and the fair use policy when it comes uh, to third parties. Ideally, uh, what you'd like to see is that they also give something back to society when they use these data. And what is the best platform, do you think? Uh, is that through the European Society of Radiology or, or the RSNA in the end? Or how, how do we approach this uh, communication problem? I think this is a really difficult point because we see that there are many different groups now out collecting data. And uh, as you all know, data is the new oil of this age. But we have to really make sure that uh, the data collection is done in a way that is responsible, 
that it fits our uh, privacy laws. So there's quite a bit that needs to be done before we can do that on a widespread scale. We're pretty active on that. We hope that we have something up and running in not too long a time. But I've uh, made a couple of uh, uh, very quick estimates and they turned out to be too good. So there's a lot of legal part also behind that that has to be sorted out before you can really do it. Okay, well, thank you very much for sharing your insights. Uh, it was really uh, interesting. Thank you. Welcome. Radiology News Network.